1: Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast proudly presented by NBC Sports Edge. My name is DJ Short and with me here once again is Drew Silva. This is a taped version of the show. We're actually taping Thursday night, October 28th. The first two games of the World Series are in the books. The the Astros and the Braves will play game three on Friday in Atlanta. But for this show, we're going to continue our super early 2022 mock draft analysis which we've done over the past two weeks. Uh we're also going to do a Halloween candy draft at the end of the show, which yes. honestly I did more prep for that than <laughs> anything else on the show today. But uh anyway, after having Matthew poliot and then Ryan Boyer on the show the previous two weeks, for this week we have one of our longtime staff writers here at NBC Sports Edge and also, one of the participants in our recent mock draft, Dave Chauvin. Dave, thanks so much for coming on. We've been meaning to do this for a while, so glad we could finally do it. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, Dave is one of our most reliable writers. He'll pick up any kind of shift, <laughs> which is very valuable. But yeah, he's been a, a great contributor for us for a long time. And if yeah. you, you read the site at all, you, you've seen his name around.
1: Yeah. You're, you're the Ben Zobris, which is maybe like an outdated, uh, reference, but I I think that's the best, uh, comparison I can make comp.
2: We're in the comps, right?
1: Chris (laughs) Taylor. Uh, Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, so quick news that broke right before we started the show, um, the Padres are hiring Bob Melvin to be their new manager. He's signing a three-year deal, uh, A.J. Cassavel of MLB.com was first to report the news. There's no compensation going back to the A's. Melvin was under contract with the A's, but the A's let him go, uh, which is interesting. Of course, Jace Tingler was fired after a really brutal finish to the season. And there was some scuttlebutt that, you know, he lost the clubhouse and they needed an experienced manager to step in there. And I think they did better than they ever could have imagined here
0: i agree i I worry yeah for the padres it's great like melvin he was or he was the longest tenured manager in baseball right was he going on 10 years i
1: think 11 years
0: 11 years with the a's um, Mm. and really well respected and Mm. the way you have to operate in oakland is with a lot of creativity and to bring that to a team like the padres who aren't scared to increase payroll maybe they're kind of at their breaking point right now, but um, they've been willing to spend, and they have a lot of superstars, and to add in his mind and his ability to get players to buy into a lot of, like, platooning and using pitchers in different kind of roles, I think it's going to be a, a really good thing for the Padres. For the A's, it sounds like this is the start of what's... I mean, his salary had climbed to about $4 million. Being at yeah. a, a job or a, a job at that level for, for that many years, you're going to get an increase in salary. So the A's probably saw this as a way to to dump some money and maybe it uh, predicts what might happen this winter with the A's dumping even more money is is kind of the the talk on Twitter. I know Dallas Braden was tweeting about that. He's obviously connected with the A's organization. So that's kind of unfortunate, but yeah, a, a great hire for the Padres. I don't think they could have done any better.
1: Yeah, certainly not. And I, you know, during the, well, the Mets process is continuing in in (laughs) hilarious ways in in some ways Uh, (laughs) early on when they had Billy Bean as a possibility, Bean did um, withdraw from consideration, but there was talk that, that Melvin would come with Bean. So uh, seeing Melvin go to the Padres, that kind of hurt me a little bit because I think he would have been perfect for the Mets too, but he would have been perfect anywhere. So
0: dude, what's going on with the Mets situation? Like, is it just bad PR? Like, why are these names coming out that are clearly beyond their grasp? Like, they don't even set up interviews with these guys. They just float names, and then uh, <laughs> then it just it makes them look bad. Do you think this is Steve Cohen or Sandy Alder? Like, how uh, are these I, names
1: leaking? I don't really know, but I'm sure their their names probably discussed internally that are leaking out. But I also think they have been reaching out to try to get permission with this these various teams. And there does seem to be a perception that, you know, Sandy Alderson was originally hired to be the team president, not to run baseball operations. He got pushed into that role because they got a late start last off season and everything that happened with Jared Porter and all that. So, um, but originally he didn't, he wasn't expected to be that involved in baseball operations. Meanwhile, his son, Bryn Alderson got a promotion during the season where he's pretty high up in the front office now. So, there might be a perception that even if Sandy Alderson goes into that team president role and not in baseball operations, he'll still, you know, Bryn could be looking over the shoulder of whoever, you know, is there. I think that perception is, is real. And also Steve Cohen is a very public facing guy. You know, we saw during the season multiple times, he made commentary about the quality of the team and, you know, the approach they should have and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I think, Probably front offices want to keep that more internal and like those kind of criticisms and discussions. So I think it's I think there's something real to the fact that some of these high ranking execs who would actually get a promotion to come to the Mets don't want to. Do
0: You think they could still get a pretty good candidate. I'm, I'm just wondering why the news cycle is the way that it is
1: with with this search. Oh, the Mets are, I mean, Mets fans are, used they'll to this. Make, <laughs> well, they'll also make like a mountain out of a molehill too. So, yeah, that's true. Um, all it, all they need though is just a competent person to hire and that this will all go away. And, Wouldn't
0: they have some like internal options in like their scouting department or, or something?
1: Yeah, that's, that's been discussed as well. Um, but they had a terrible draft this year. And so I don't know how well that would go over too. There was some conversation about their, their farm director, who, who is respected, but they had a really disastrous draft this year. So I don't know how well that might go over with the Mets. You can tell that it was yeah. a bad draft already. Yeah, because basically, when they didn't sign Kumar Rocker, yeah, they didn't. Um, they didn't have like a backup plan in the later rounds. Usually, uh, not usually, but sometimes, if you feel like you're having a risky sign at the top of your draft. In the back of your draft, you may draft some like prep players who are committed to a school and <laughs> probably will go. But like if something falls through with those with a top pick, you could, you know, give that money to that player in the later round. So the Mets didn't do that, which caught some people by surprise. And, you know, they don't really have a lot to show for this year's draft. But things are looking good for your your Tigers. I, I, uh, Dave, I, I feel like this offseason they're going to be heavily involved in in free agency and um i want to get your take because i think i've said this multiple times on this show um i think carlos correa would be perfect for the tigers i wonder your opinion on that
2: yeah he, he's definitely the guy that i've heard mentioned the most you know john hayman uh mentioned this week he's he's kind of the target i kind of think he's gonna end up going to your mets i think hmm. he's gonna play third base for you guys next year joining lindor and Baez there oh
1: i mean i would not complain about that <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but, but either way, I do think, I do think they're going to be active. I do think, um, you know, the Illich family has always been willing to spend when they think, you know, they're on the cusp of winning. And, you know, from May on, this team was extremely competitive last year. And I think they're going to be ready to make noise from day one next year. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Riley Green was with the team opening day, Spencer Torkelson, you know, whenever the super two deadline passes, if there is a super two deadline, who knows? right, who right. <laughs> but I, I, and you know, the young pitching staff i think they're going to be ready to go from day one and i think they're going to make a couple of big splash signings uh this offseason for sure
1: yeah it's going to be exciting um and i think there's opportunity in the in the central too the royals are going to be good pretty soon as well and the white Sox, of course um but yeah it's, it's interesting we're seeing the twins who really disappointed this year um and the indians seem to be maybe fading and they might start Trading Guardian. off even more pieces. Yeah, the Guardians. That's okay. right. They're going to be the Guardians. Right? I don't know if that's
0: official yet. They're getting sued by that um, right. roll, uh, roller derby team.
1: Well, we better figure that out by the time we do our draft guide. Uh, we need to figure that out. So, um.
0: what, the, what the name of the, the Cleveland baseball team? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so, what do you guys think of the World Series so far? Before we get to the the draft, been good, been entertaining. Um,
2: don't know what the Astros are going to do. Uh, Starting pitching wise, after Garcia goes in Game Three, uh, are they actually going to trust Granke to pitch in Game Four? Are they going to try to use some kind of opener in front of him? Uh, You know, can only turn to Christian Javier so many times out of the bullpen. I I think that if the series extends to six or seven games, they're going to get you know really overworked, and it's going to kind of favor the Braves in that.
0: Yeah, that's Hmm. that that was kind of exactly what I said on our World Series preview podcast. The later this goes, the more the Astros pitching will be exposed, but. Then the Braves lose Charlie Morton in Game yeah. One, and they're going to have to get really creative too. There's going to be some long games at the end of this year. Oh
1: yeah, and these games have already been kind of not well. Game Two wasn't too bad, but Game One was a slog for it me. Was. I, I was writing
0: the kind of the game recap, the daily dose about it, and. I, like, had it ready to publish well before the game ended. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. And Well, about game two, Max Fried, like, he took the loss. He didn't pitch as bad as his line suggested. The second inning, there was a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah. But he ended up eating a bunch of innings. And Brian Snitker didn't use his, you know, big left-handers in that game either. So those are in reserve, too, for, for future games. So... You know, while losing Charlie Morton, who you know broke his fibula uh, and still pitched for a little bit, um, while that's a blow, I think uh, Snicker, Snicker did a great job to save those guys for because yeah. uh, they're going to need them for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I hope for some tighter games. Uh, I think we'll we'll get that. I think I think we're probably bound to get a six or seven game series if I had to guess right. I
0: now. would agree with you at at this point. I, I said Astros in, in five. I don't think that looks good at all.
1: All right, so we'll get into the draft. Before we do that, the NFL season is in full swing and the NBC Sports Predictor app has you covered. With Sunday Night 7, predict what will happen on Sunday Night Football for a chance to win up to $100,000 every week. It's free and easy to play. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. Okay, so again, with this draft, you, you can go to NBCSportsEdge.com. We've done articles on every few rounds uh, full breakdowns, and uh, it's really good stuff. I, I think this will be relevant uh, for a good portion of the offseason, I guess, pending you know where these players end up signing and and whatnot. But I think this is really good information to kind of get your prep started. Um, so with this draft, um, it was twenty three rounds, nine pitcher spots, fourteen player, uh, fourteen position player spots, two catcher, middle infielder, corner infielder, five outfielder utility 20 game position 20 game eligibility to qualify in a position standard five by five roto so dave we want to get you on the show because i we feel you had a really interesting strategy at the top of your draft um you went with the pocket aces strategy which you know is is become more and more commonplace i feel um so you, you took garrett cole Uh, Seventh overall, and then you got Walker Bueller in the second round, which I guess would be fifteen or I don't know. My math is bad. Seventeenth overall. Okay, eighteenth. Yeah, we Uh, we should should have numbered
0: this grid actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah. Oh well. Uh, (laughs) But then you didn't take your first position player until Tyler O'Neill in the fifth round because you took Liam Hendricks thirty-first overall, Josh Hader forty-second overall um how do you feel about how the rest of your draft played out after that and what was your reasoning behind grabbing those top two closers
2: sure uh my overall strategy going into most drafts is usually to go pocket aces whether it's the first two rounds or two in the first three rounds mm-hmm. i just love getting that huge innings base strikeout base strong ratios up top um there were a couple of hitters i would have taken at seven had they been there and not gone with cole trey turner jose Ramirez, probably. Uh, also if Luis robert had or robert had fallen in the second round i probably would have grabbed him instead of walker bueller Hendricks was always the plan in round three i hate chasing saves all year and just spending my entire free agent budget constantly trying to fix that category i always try to lock in at least one elite closer and then usually a guy in the middle so the plan wasn't necessarily to go hater in round four uh, i was just surprised that he was still there so locking him in early if i didn't go hater in four I would have gone Tyler O'Neill in court. He was the guy I was targeting. He would have been the guy I picked there. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised if, you know, by the time March rolls around, he's going to be a second-round pick in a lot of drafts.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, yeah.
2: Overall, overall, I'm pretty pleased with the way it turned out. Uh, you know, a lot of power, a lot of speed. I got a lot of batting average risk, uh, but that's variable season to season, so I'm fine taking some hits there. I didn't take a third starting pitcher after I had the strong, you know, base up top until i think what well, was around 9 or 10 somewhere down in there but overall happy with how it turned out
1: yeah, yeah. i mean th- i think for so long we've heard not to chase saves like that's like a 10 year that's like 10 years ago people said that yeah. but the game is so different now that i really do think there's something to be said for grabbing those stable closers because for the most part they kept their jobs this year and even even last year um and then like we were saying you don't have to blow your budget every week and and look for the the next guy you can kind of go through the roster churn with your position players, maybe prospects. So I'm on board with that strategy. And there's about five or six closers I feel really, really good about going into drafts next year. And um, I don't really think that's a bad strategy at all, but it certainly was was bold. And uh, another thing I noticed, um, you know, even though it took a while for you to get your third pitcher, uh, you took two pitchers later who were coming back from Tommy John surgery, Justin Verlander 162 overall. Noah Syndergaard, 199 overall. I thought those were both great gambles because we know what they're capable of of being. I, I don't know about Verlander. he's going to be what um38 39, 30, 38, 39. Uh, We'll see, but I you know, even if he is a mid-rotation starter, I think that's a great value. so I, I really like that.
0: I believe the strikeouts will be there for
1: Verlander if, yeah. you know, even if the ERA is not what we're accustomed to. Totally, totally. So we mentioned you're a Tigers fan, and I I saw you took Akil Badu, uh, 127 overall in the 11th round. I suspect maybe that raised some eyebrows to see him picked uh, in that spot going before guys like Michael Conforto, Joey Gallo, Avisail Garcia, Dylan Carlson, guys like that. Um, What did you see from Badu this year that makes you a believer in him long-term or was this about trying to get category need with the, the speed?
2: That was a little bit of both. Um, yeah. I was highly skeptical of him coming into the season, you know, being the rule five pick, making the jump <laughs> straight from a ball after taking a year off after coming back from surgery. I, I wasn't sure he was even going to make the opening day roster. I was surprised when they brought him on, uh, but AJ Hinch had a lot of trust in him. And what I was really impressed with was, Every time he struggled, he had a couple of prolonged slumps during the season where, you know, strikeouts would come up. He would look lost at the plate. Every time, you know, he was able to make adjustments. Uh, I think his his contact rate, his, his walk rate, everything improved as the season went along. Uh, I love the power-speed combination. I think he's going to run even more next season. Uh, he's got more straight line speed than he showed on the bases this year. I, I think they're going to let him run a little bit more. Now he's got a year under his belt. Uh, and, and the power's legit. Yeah. Uh, I can't even count how many games I went to at Comerica this season and, you know, sat out there and watched batting practice and the guy's just hitting bombs all over the field. Mm. Oh, Power both ways. Um, I, I think I probably jumped him a little bit early here. Uh, I've seen a few other drafts where he's gone maybe a round or two later, but he, he's definitely a guy I was targeting and wanted to lock in at that spot.
0: He had that concussion in August and kind of struggled after that. But I, I agree with Dave. Like, he, he started to fade in May, and it was like, okay, he was just kind of yeah. fluky. But he, like, rounded into great form again um, and was really having an excellent overall season un- until that concussion and then kind yeah. of stumbled through the end of August and September. But, yeah, I mean, I, we, I remember talking about him pretty early on, DJ, on this podcast, and yeah, a lot of it checks out that he might be a really I, – I, I don't know if he's going to be – you know what he was in april like a a thousand ops kind of guy but with the power and the speed that he has um and probably hitting pretty high in in a tigers lineup that could get better and better as we move along here with with torkelson um and you know yeah i think that was a pretty good pick i would maybe hope that he would have lasted a little bit longer um but i don't know right around where he went like Alex Verdugo, Trent Grisham. I mean, I took Trent Grisham, and I'm hoping for, you know, kind of a bounce back there. And yeah. With Badu, I think you you can project probably better numbers than than Grisham at this point. They probably finished with about the same numbers of, of homers and, and steals. Actually, Padu a little bit better.
1: Yeah, it did feel like trying to get the power speed guys got really tough really mm-hmm. fast. <laughs> um, and toward the end, I was kind of, like, stuck. So I, I took Nicky Lopez – um, in the nineteenth round, so well into the two hundreds, which I think his batting average is for real. He's yeah. not going to hit for power, but he's going to hit for average. He's really fast. Um, he's a good fielder too. So I think his spot in the lineup is going to be secure. It's just that when you take a player like Lopez, you're going to have to make up for it in other ways. So it's always a challenge. I wouldn't call him like a one trick pony, but he's like a two trick pony. Um, so you have to be a little careful. But where he went. You know, I, I ended up being pretty happy with that. And I took O'Neal Cruz, the, the Pirates prospect. Um Love him. I yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of him. I have him on a couple of dynasty teams. He's massive, six foot seven, playing shortstop right now. I'm not sure if he's gonna stay there. He may end up in the outfield. We'll see. But I think there's a real chance he makes the pirates opening day roster next year, and he has serious power and speed. I can't wait to see him. Uh, on a regular basis, I, I think he could be a really nice value. Also, someone who can give you some speed. So I was looking for speed late because i I didn't really grab that early, and that was definitely an area need for me. Moving along as we get into the later rounds of this draft, Drew, I think on the show last week, I said you seem to be targeting some rebound candidates. yeah, but I think Matthew Poliat has usurped you with how his draft <laughs> turned out. I, I really like a lot of his picks, though, but, I'd say the great majority of his roster are rebound candidates. He took Adalberto Mondesi, 60th overall. Christian Yelich right after that, number 61. Uh, Cody Bellinger, 109. Jared Kalnick, 132. Glaber Torres, 156. Kyle Hendricks, 180. Carlos Carrasco, 204. And then probably the pick that I like the best that he made, Anthony Rizzo, 252. Like that's like unheard of that he could go that way. And there's been some conversation that he could return to the Yankees. You know, if he does, that's going to be a bargain for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and I took Luke Voigt in the 19th round. I'm trying to look up exactly what number that was. Uh, I guess we don't have that. Those rounds posted yet for our analysis, but around pick two 30, 40 ish. Um, and yeah, I guess that Voight and Rizzo situation is still unresolved. I'm sure the Yankees have interest in re-signing uh, Rizzo. And then there's talk of Voight possibly being a non-tender candidate. So there's a mm-hmm. lot up in the air. Like He made $4.7 million in his first year of arbitration. He's probably going to you know, get a raise because that's how arbitration works, even though he had a very injury-plague season. I'm talking about Voight. Um, but, yeah, a guy who led the majors and homers during the shortened 2020 season. I, I think it was worth a gamble around pick 230 or whatever it was, um, who could be the starting first baseman for the Yankees. I feel like I feel like they're going to make some kind of change there. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, that's that's a really unsettled um, – it's hard to do a draft, obviously, for 2022 in October 2021, and, and maybe that's why – Matthew and I fell back on to a lot of bounce back candidates because, you know, you can look at ADP from last year. You can you know, trust past production. Like I have DJ LeMayhew, Alex Bregman, um, Eugenio Suarez, Matt Chapman, uh, Mike Trout, Trent Grisham. Um, a lot of players that I, I trust if they stay healthy are going to have huge bounce back years. And, you know, to be able to get them at 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 values l- later in the draft than they went in in drafts this past spring, it just it seems smart. I mean, my, my drafts will probably look a lot different when draft season comes around yeah. in the spring mm-hmm. or, or whatever that comes around after yeah, a whole we'll <laughs> work stoppage. Yeah. But it, it's a group of names that I that I liked, and and I like Matthew's team too. I think mm-hmm. you can get a little cute uh, just ser- searching for upside. We, we've kind of talked about that over and over.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Bissell, uh, he... Yeah, the all-upside team. Yeah, he, dominant Dynasty League team. Um, but he took a number of players that I was going to take. You know, a couple times I was I was targeting some prospects. I think Bobby Witt Jr. was one I really wanted. And he took them, like, right before me. So that was pretty frustrating. But um, George definitely took some names that you should be familiar with going into, going into spring. Uh, because a lot of these guys either have a chance to either make the opening day roster or possibly be up, you know, after the start of May or whatever the new CBA entails as far as prospect call-ups and service time and all that. So, um again, go to nbcsportsedge.com, look at all the round breakdowns and and you'll see what we're talking about there. The the last pick of the draft was Matthew Poliot. He took Jeff McNeil, 276. Now, I I love this pick and I actually thought about doing this too. And the reason why I say that is because I think there's a decent chance that Jeff McNeil gets traded this offseason. Mm. And he just seems like the kind of guy that will go somewhere and win a batting title. <laughs> I mean, he's already, you know, he's already a really good hitter. He's he had a bad year this year, uh, but he was hurt, too. So we know he's capable of being a 300 hitter, but I think he could go somewhere and thrive, especially in a more hitter friendly environment. So, um, you know, I wouldn't overlook him, you know, as yeah. we go. Into the off he's flirted
0: with you know, 25, 30 homer power yeah. in the past when he was an all-star in 2019. So Yeah,
1: yeah. He, he needs to just decide who he wants to be because this the second half of 2019, he was really locked in power-wise. But this year, it seemed like more he was like fighting off pitches. He was really pulling off pitches to stay in at bats. And his swings were not uh, – there wasn't a lot of force behind his swings. He, he kind of does the Ichiro each each swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to staying at bat sometimes. So he was just making a lot of weak contact, but you know, if he winds up in the right situation with the right voice in his ear, the right ballpark, I really like that pick as well. So perfect change of scenery breakout. I think it could be. Yeah, it could be Um, any other takeaways from the draft before we, before we get to the main event here.
0: Um, Looking over my team, I have a real lack of speed. Um, and there's been an uptick in stolen bases this postseason. Do you think that's a trend that we can talk about this as we move into the the spring? We're going to have a lot of time this winter, but do you think that's just randomness or the teams in the postseason happen to have a lot of guys that can steal bases, or do you think that could possibly come back? Um, Because, like, in the Moneyball era, it was kind of frowned upon to steal bases unless you could do it at, like, a 75 to 80% clip. Um, At least this postseason and a little bit during the regular season, uh, I think teams were more aggressive with players that ne- didn't necessarily steal bases at, like, an 80% clip. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to make of it, but it, I've, it's just something I've noticed in the postseason. Like, maybe there will be cheap speed available later.
1: There usually is. There usually is. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but yeah.
0: I don't know if it's a trend. I think it's just randomness. But
1: Well, I also think in the postseason it's just such an awesome weapon to – true. To use so I think um, it's
2: the big teams I think it's the Dodgers You know and the Astros specifically realizing what a weapon It can be in the postseason and just having the type Of weapons they can take advantage of it
0: Yeah and not necessarily the best Defensive catchers in this At least in like the final four rounds Too maybe
1: Maldonado Is good but otherwise I think you know I watched Travis Darno for years he's he's Never been a good (laughs) he never had a good Arm to you know to throw out base dealers but Certainly I think it's personnel uh, but Maldonado can throw. Uh, he's a really good catcher. Um, we saw a lot
2: during the regular season. It's team philosophy too, like the Padres and the Royals. Everybody yeah. run all the time. You know how many more managers are going to be like that? You know, uh, one thing you know with the Bob Melvin signing today, Elvis but, Andrews run crazy, right? Yeah, Marte. <laughs> Not Elvis Andrews. We have Marte. <laughs> you know how much are the Padres going to be running? You know, Jace Tingler had everybody running all the time. You know, I think. Yeah. Obviously, your Tatis, your Grisham, your guys who are you know making a living on stolen bases are still going to run, but it's the fringe guys like you know Manny Machado is a guy who I'm going to ding on my board because you know he, he's a guy who will steal 15 bases in a season. You've seen him steal zero bases in a season. Right, right. If, if he doesn't have that aggressive manager who's really going to push the envelope and have him run, you know, I see him dropping back into just a handful for next year.
1: Right, no, that's a good point. So let's get into this Halloween candy draft in a second. Before, before that, though, we have a special offer for our listeners. You can use promo code Bases 10 for 10% off any premium subscription for NBC Sports Edge Plus. can be either monthly or annual and for any tier. It also works across all sports. So this is a good time to get involved. Obviously, NFL season well underway, but also the NHL and the NBA now, too. So it is a great value. Remember, it's promo code Bases 10 you can go to NBCSportsEdge.com premium to get started. So I think we're going to do a snake draft of our Halloween candy. And we're going to do four picks each. And Dave, since you're our guest, we uh, we will have you go first.
0: Okay. And you guys both have, you have a couple of kids, right, Dave? Or?
1: I have three. 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 Boys, eight, six,
2: and two. Oh, that's awesome. What are they dressing up as? Uh, so the eight-year-old is going to be Spider-Man, uh, the six-year-old's a ninja, and uh, the two-year-old loves him some Mickey Mouse, and he's going to be Pluto. So, that's, that's classic. Yes.
1: Yeah, my my four-year-old's going to be a witch, and my two-year-old is going to be a cat. Um, so, yeah, and I think I'm going to be a skeleton. We'll see. Phoebe awesome. Bridgers. Yeah, it's definitely Phoebe Bridgers uh, influenced. Um, Donnie, Donnie Darko. Yeah, Donnie Darko. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, Dave, take it away. Okay, so let me preface
2: this by saying I don't consider this the greatest candy of all time. If it was just a regular candy draft, it would not be my top pick. But if we're just focused on Halloween candy, I I, got to agree with our colleague Chris Crawford that the 1.01 has to be candy corn. Has Ah. to be.
0: (laughs) It doesn't have to be. It's Halloween. It has to be. (laughs) I actually like candy corn. I don't don't mind it. it. It's not my favorite, but I do like it. But I think it's a horrible pick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Drew, you can go second.
0: Never listen to Chris. Um, Okay. Well, my issue is... And this is like Halloween candy for me, so I don't really care if it doesn't fit on the Halloween spectrum. It's like what I want to eat on halloween um and i'm gonna go with reese's but i want some clarity as to whether because reese's makes a lot of different products now yeah. like if you, you go through a candy aisle at a grocery store they, they take up like five rows um and I'll, i will say at the top that the big cups the reese's big cups with pretzels inside those should oh be illegal really be i like them
1: i know or sure, there's yeah there's the Reese's pieces inside the big cups too there's oh.
0: also that and that those should be illegal too because <laughs> I shouldn't be allowed to have access to them. I'm trying right. to work out <laughs> um So I'm gonna go with Reese's peanut butter cups Does that wipe all other Reese's products off the board?
1: I think if you wanted Reese's like the Reese's pieces I think that would still okay, be I'm, eligible It's kind
0: of a different object all right
1: yeah yeah um,
0: Reese's peanut butter cups that should be the 1.01
1: okay i i agree with you on that um i will go with snickers Ah, solid yeah it's just an old reliable and like if i'm ever you know going to a gas station drugstore whatever sometimes like if i'm gonna grab any candy on a whim it will be snickers i think it's the most like satisfying and filling
0: it's got protein actually
1: protein as well yeah um and i think it was always my favorite when i was a kid too um so yeah snickers
0: you know what it it plays well into the bite size like the the fun size version too not not a lot of them do
1: right and you could like bite it in half and you still have like the nougat at the bottom you know what i mean so it's it's like a two-part it's like a two-part candy
0: great analysis
1: um so i think i go again right yeah
0: you do it's a snake oh my
1: god uh i will go starburst I'm a fan of mixing the pink and the orange together and eating them at the same time. I don't know why, but I think it's like the perfect combination. I'm not a huge fan of the red ones though, but I do like Starburst.
0: See, and I kind of agree growing up the red was what I would go to first, but something about it, It's like really sour to me now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I was always happy to see Starburst.
0: So I'm up. Um, I should say I'm more of like a savory than a sweet kind of person. So I wrote down like a, uh, yeah, I also prepped for this portion of it. (laughs) Way more than the draft talk portion. So a lot of the things on my list are kind of the same or the same theme. Um, I'm going to go with peanut M&Ms. All right. Um, So you'll notice there's peanuts and and chocolate.
1: I did not like peanut M&Ms when I was little.
0: I think I've always I've always loved peanuts, and chocolate, and peanut M and people like the caramel M Ms. Not they don't really do a lot for me. The brownie M Ms don't do a lot for me. Um, There's also there's a pretzel M M which is right up my alley. But I
1: I I like that one. It's pretty. You don't
2: get enough pretzel in there. I feel like. Oh, no. My and kids you... love my kids love the regular M and M's. None of them like the peanut M and M's. That's my that's my go to anyway. So if they get any of those, I get them. Works <laughs> well for example, yes. of me. <laughs> Very
1: nice.
2: All right, you're up. Uh, all right, for sure we're gonna go with Skittles. Uh, Skittles are our favorite. Usually like I have them on hand. Uh, Snickers is is usually my go to as well. That was you know what I was hoping would fall back here was dumb to think that it would make it. Uh, as far as my next pick. I'm going to go Twix. Damn.
0: That was going to be me on the way back.
1: Nice. Twix
0: is great. Dude, Twix ice cream bars. It's talking about things that should be outlawed. Those are, and like the Snickers ice cream bar gets a lot of love as it should because it's amazing. But if you ever get your hands on a Twix ice cream bar.
1: I've never had one, but now I kind of really, really want to try one.
0: They're real special, man. They're real special.
1: I like the Snickers ice cream bars too. Those are very, very good.
0: Yeah, those are great, but. Try the Twix or something like simple and, and beautiful about them.
1: All right. So it's me again, right? Uh, no. Oh yeah. Wait, no, it's wait. me. Okay. Go ahead.
0: You guys are on the, the ends.
1: Yeah, you're right. So this go is ahead.
0: my third pick. Uh, you guys took Twix and Snickers from me. I'm going to go payday.
1: Okay. I like sticking
0: that. with the peanut steam. I think it's just peanuts, caramel, and like oh, some sort of, creamy i don't think it's nougat but some sort of creamy center um it's salty and not overly sweet um it's basically like a health
1: food yeah sort of (laughs) i don't know about that but
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's a liquor store down the street from me that i i frequent often um and they don't have a very good candy selection but they always have paydays and i I usually grab one when i'm in there okay bar my, my number three pick.
1: All right. Um, so I'm prepping my board here. All right. So I'm going to go three Musketeers. I have always loved three Musketeers since I was a little kid. Um, I The nougat is like different than any other candy. That's
0: true. It's airy. It's like a, yeah. It's like an
1: egg white kind of consistent or not an egg white, but um, like that kind of, yeah, the light airiness. Um, yeah. For some reason, like I, sometimes I'll grab that. I don't want to name the other. Well, I'm not going to pick it. So Milky Way sometimes has that same. I'm into that too. But yeah, I'll go Three Musketeers. And then my final pick, I'm going to go with the Blow Pop.
0: Wow. Yeah. I actually like that play a lot.
1: Yeah. There's something special about it. I I can't say I have it very often, but it reminds me of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Getting and one of those.
2: the flavor that you're into there? Uh,
1: it's probably the, cher- the cherry one. I was into that one um what is the green one
2: watermelon. That's, uh,
0: watermelon yeah that would be my pick
1: yeah i'd say the cherry i also like tootsie pops i was i was kind of torn between those two but yeah the blow pop is like a, a special like that's nostalgia i think for me
0: the last time i did one of these drafts oh um i know I, someone got mad because i said toblerone and someone's like no one ever hands out toblerone <laughs> halloween i'm like well they should <laughs> But that's not gonna be my final pick. Yeah. Um, oh man. You saying you taking Starburst made me think of high chews. Those are some those are really good. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the Starburst format, but with a really weird, chewy consistency. I don't know how they do it. Um I'm gonna go with Butterfinger to close oh, it that's out. Nice. I've got a lot of peanut buttery yep. chocolate theme to my um uh, but man and P- P- uh, butterfinger changed their recipe too if you haven't had one in a while I check it out. it's a lot more uh not as sweet it still sticks in your teeth for days and days but <laughs> it's not as sweet they're delicious big fan yeah a butterfinger like um concrete or whatever you call them like a like dairy queen you know the uh, yeah those are, those are delicious I could see Butterfinger doing an ice cream bar and doing it real well.
1: Yeah. I have a few. Now that I'm, I just like Googled Halloween candies and there's like a few that I, there's like one I wish I'd pick. Before. We can go five rounds. Nah. Okay.
2: Let's not make this longer than the baseball portion. Uh,
1: I have another question when we're done, but Dave, give it, give us your sure. final pick.
2: Um, Probably a little off the board. But the last one we go with is the uh, Hershey's cookies and cream bar. Um, oh, that's a good one. Like yeah. I haven't that's had one good. in a while, but I used to love those. Yeah, we just got a bag of them that we're going to be passing out. And I've already broken into it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you passing out? Uh, it's like a mix of everything. We got basically all the goods from here. We got Reese's. We got Skittles. We got Snickers.
1: That's what I did. Uh, basically. A good
2: we got, got king size candy bars for the neighborhood kids. So.
1: Oh, well done. That's uh, awesome. Props Everyone loves you. I'm sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last question for you guys, when you were a kid, what was like the the candy or something that you would get where you were immediately like, What like what Whoa. is this? Like Smarties. Smarties? Okay.
2: Keep Smarties, yeah, like Smarties. out of my bag. I like Smarties. I would, tra- I would trade for the Smarties. I like those. Um we had a, a couple people in our block who just loved passing out just random handfuls of pennies.
1: Yeah, I used to get that too. <laughs>
2: that, was, that was a good one.
1: Awful.
0: The yeah. the homemade treat kind of went out of style, but like I remember getting like clumps of sugary stuck together popcorn that was disgusting.
1: Yeah, raisins were always my like yeah. get raisin. out of here. There there were, there
0: were yeah, there were some raisins houses, lots
1: of raisin boxes that never got eaten. But um yeah, my brother and I used to like we'd have our bounty and then we'd come home and like we would just throw it all on the floor and like split it up according to our liking, which you know, works out sometimes when you're with someone that doesn't have the same palette as you. So always always a good time. If but yeah, raisins now.
0: If you went up to a house that left out the basket or that said please take one, how how many were you taking?
1: I would I would be respectful, I think. I would be res- I'd take a
2: couple. You know, I'd be a respectful. I take a whole bowl, but I'll, I'll take a few. Yeah. And <laughs> being honest,
0: yeah, I, I never took the whole bowl either, but a a solid handful
2: i kind of had the same thing dj did i had i have a twin brother so you know we did everything together growing up uh twin brother who's allergic to peanuts and snickers happened to be my favorite candy bar so there you go (laughs) and the plunder would come home you know i would get all that and he'd be able to take you know you know the terrible things that he likes that no one should ever like like milk duds and raisins
1: okay yeah
0: i'm actually a milk guy i should have thought of it
1: I like like Rolos and um, Rolos, are, Rolos, Rolos in the
0: fridge and, are strong.
1: Yeah, one I was gonna say that I kind of wish I had taken. I haven't had one in a really long time, but I loved them when I was little. The hundred grand bar—that's a very good candy.
0: Is that, is that like crispy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I haven't had one of those in forever either. Nutrageous is great. Shout out to Reese's, man. They know. What
1: to do. <laughs> oh man, I guess we could have done uh, five rounds, but now we yeah. cut it off now. But no, this was this was awesome. And, uh, yeah, my kids, like, they eat M&Ms. Like, that's basically it right now. They love M&Ms, just like your kids, Dave. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, they don't really eat a lot of candy. So, I'm sure I'm going to have some candy in my future. Did so. they get
0: to trick-or-treat last year?
1: Uh, we went to, like, a few houses around the neighborhood. That's yeah. all they need when they're that little anyway. Right. We took pictures so, and stuff. So. So
2: this I, my, be- oldest, my oldest, who was seven last year, not a lot of people in our neighborhood went trick-or-treating last year, and he was the big beneficiary of that because a couple of houses at the end of the night, it got to the point where they're like, just take the whole bowl, take the whole table. And we absolutely cleaned up. I mean, we had candy until, like, February. <laughs> yes,
0: wow. I'm going to Notre Dame this weekend for Notre Dame, North Carolina with my brother Evan and his daughter, who's eight, seven, eight? I think she just turned eight. Um, and I told her she should dress up and, like, tail. I'll help her tailgate the parking lot because mm. you know, like, all those tailgate setups will have candy or something i think it'll be the best trick-or-treating of her short life so far
1: no that's awesome yeah yeah i expect you know halloween will be back to normal for the most part this year
0: Um, yeah it seems like we deserve um, it we deserve it it.
1: yeah it's gonna be fun my kids my kids are sick but hopefully they feel better by then they probably
0: hopefully man It's, it's technically on sunday right
1: yeah yeah uh, but kids, kids trick or treat at like five o'clock anyway. So yeah, true. Um, but no, it's yeah, it's gonna be a blast. Um, all right, so I, I think that does it for the show this week. Uh, next week we're probably gonna talk World Series, most likely. We'll see how many games it ends up going. We'll we'll be through five games by Sunday night. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, this I'll weekend will we'll fly by. Uh, yeah. with those three games in Atlanta
1: it's going to be a really weird start to the off season too. So yeah, who knows? Maybe next week we do a off season preview. I mean, who knows? We'll see. We'll let to think about it.
0: I guess we could.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy Halloween, everyone. Stay safe. Yeah, too. And yeah, we will, we'll see you back here next week. If you like what you're hearing with this show, circling the bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, Please rate and review if you don't mind. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silves. Again, be safe out there and we will see you next time.